I am Theodora, and you are listening to Spiritual Slut, the shameless podcast for a woman who are unapologetically sexual and spiritual. Spiritual Slut. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual slut. Spiritual slut. Hello there, my beautiful friends, lover, admirers, Geller. I am so glad to be back for yet another episode of Spiritual Slut the Podcast. It's been a while and I have so much to share. Oh my god, I don't even know where to start. Hopefully, it will be useful to you. I am just gonna title this episode <laughs> License to Heal because it's gonna be about um, my journey, as always, my latest breakthroughs regarding my own healing, both on my own and on a relational point of view. So <laughs> let's dive right in. For those of you who are just joining the pod for the first time and first time listening, let me introduce myself <laughs> quickly. My name is Theodora. I am the, <laughs> the host of this podcast and producer of this podcast. And I have decided to create a platform on which I can express myself as a woman discovering her own sexuality, but in a spiritual way, which I think has been missing from the podcast seen as as a spiritual person let's say as a spiritual woman I was always interested in pursuing um, healing modalities and ways to cultivate my own growth and podcast was one of these ways and I had been looking for podcasts to podcasts that would intertwine sexuality from a female perspective and spirituality and I only came across very, very woo-woo podcasts about spirituality or very, very porn and adult podcasts about sex. And the intersection of both subjects that are really important to me was yet to be met. So hopefully this platform will provide some... This platform is basically me rambling about all of these topics. And why spiritual slut? Because I've done a lot of things. I am a performer by heart. I've been an adult performer in the sense of doing erotic videos. I've been a stripper. I've been a lot of things. However, this hasn't been my main occupation. I've been a dancer in companies, a ballerina, a contemporary dancer. I've been doing a lot of stuff. I've been doing modeling, like lingerie which was my main activity, but you know how this goes. In our beloved Western society, the thing is we tend to be put into boxes, especially as women, and even more so when you are um, very upfront about being a sexual being, which I am. And I cannot really speak for sex workers because I have never been an escort, for example. I have never done any sort of in-person work except from stripping. But really, most of it was done 
on the phone or online through videos. And even that was initially something I was doing on the side, you know, like a hobby that would bring me money and not really a career per se. So believe me when I say I sort of have imposter syndrome regarding the label you know sex worker because I feel like I didn't really do the work to deserve the label and as much as I want to defend and represent this community I sometimes feel and that's my humiliation wound still talking here I sometimes feel unworthy of (laughs) the title same goes for my porn award that most people know me for Am I really worthy of an award for porn when I was only uh, like an erotic performer? And I really know and I'm very cognizant of how hard this work can be and the investment as a performer that it represents. I really felt unworthy of it, you know, especially considering that the only two porn videos I made came after the award and it was like two um, lesbian porn if I can say the only two videos that can really um, be labeled as proper porn and can be deserving of being called porn so yeah as much as I want to represent the community sometimes I feel undeserving and that's why I took the label slot because Even though I sometimes read about myself as being a porn star of sorts, it doesn't really resonate with me. It feels so, it feels a lot for someone who just (laughs) released a couple of proper lesbian porn. I mean, does that actually make me an actress? You decide. This is why I went for it slot, simply. (laughs) Because if I am to be labeled as one, just because I've done the things I've done and it's not even my main career and knowing that as a woman you are very likely to be labeled as a slut for so much less than yeah I might as well reclaim the title for myself and my show I'm sure a lot of sex workers can attest that doing sex work is not something you do it's something you are in the eyes of a lot of people and I say this with with some pain because my significant other until recently I don't know if he still does but I'm pretty sure that he saw me as a sex worker and he really had me confused with his ex who I believed was really more deserving of the title and I say this with a lot of compassion I feel like she probably knew a lot more about the job than I do and I feel like I cannot reclaim an experience that I didn't have, if it makes sense. I feel really undeserving of the title because I cannot share the same pain. I have a very privileged experience. I was very protected behind screens or in clubs, well surrounded. And I had nothing else to do than being, you know, sexy and and pretending that I was touching myself while really nothing was happening save for some seduction with words and gestures. Anyway, this was just me acknowledging how privileged I was. I just want to recognize that and again, me doing sex work was It was really like, you know, the rich girl wanting to do something kinky and then you know, becoming famous for it somehow. Well, famous is a big word, but you know what I mean. 
It's funny how you would get recognized for something you haven't done for a long time, for something you haven't put much effort into. But somehow it would turn out being something that you will be seen for and that will follow you all your life. And you know what? I'm a singer. I'm a dancer. I'm a lot of things. I'm a writer. I'm a speaker. And most people who come across my name or my body of work will be like, oh, yeah, the porn actress. And I mean, I'm going to play along with this narrative because it serves me well for a promo and stuff, right? Because Instagram, because social media pressure and... Well, if I'm being honest, this doesn't really serve me in my private relationships. Because as I said, sex work is something that you are and it's not something that you do in the eyes of most people. So, so yeah, I think my significant other saw me as a porn actress because I had an award for it. So in his mind, uh, that's what I was. That's what my career was about. And sometimes he would... And he actually did that the last time I saw him. We would like warm up for sex or something. He would say, oh, you're a professional. Uh, I mean, <laughs> how am I a professional if I don't make a serious career out of it? I think he really got me confused with his ex, but shh, I'm not going to tell. <laughs> I'm laughing and I'm also laughing at myself because I remember a previous episode in which I was talking about how he triggered me on the same topic. So, well, if you have followed my previous adventures uh, in love and relationship, maybe you have listened to that very episode. But back to today's topic, um, I want to preface this with... Not an apology, but an acknowledgement of me being on a hiatus for quite a while with the show. I had such a big personal transformation to go through and I also was physically unwell. I initially thought I would never speak about my health issues publicly, but since we are about healing <laughs> in this show, I mean, why not talk about my physical ailments Um, as well you know because I'm starting to believe I mean the more I progress through my spiritual journey and my let's say awakening I don't really like this word it sounds very cliche but for lack of a better term as you say my spiritual awakening I'm finding that the more I heal myself physically and the more it is related to some sort of spiritual breakthrough in a way so I'm not saying that all physical ailments and all physical illnesses are rooted in some more spiritual cause or some more energetic issue, but I'm pretty sure that in my case, it was. So this might very well be another topic that I should develop on a further episode, but... Um, We all suffer from an illness or another at some point in our lives. And many of us have like um, chronic illness or some sort of inflammation in the body. And that was my case since the end of my adolescence. And when I was in my early 20s, my pain in my joints and in my body was so intense that I had to start consulting doctors and surgeons. I actually got a few surgeries at my joints to to fix the pain in a temporary way. Um, well, anyway, at some point, I was believed to have some sort of 
fibromyalgia, but it was not this. I hope I'm saying it right because the medical terms, I'm, I'm French, I'm not American. So, <laughs> and I sometimes have the pronunciation wrong, but please forgive me if I'm scorching the word. So I was believed to have fibromyalgia and it was later on, I was then believed to have some sort of multiple sclerosis um, because of the nerve and the nervous system issues that I had going on. It wasn't that either. And much, much later, the proper diagnosis came and it appeared that I was, um, I don't like to say suffering, but yeah, actually I was suffering from Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, aka EDS <laughs> for short. Um, you might not have heard of it because it's considered a rare disease in the sense that it's not really well known yet, but it's not rare in terms of number. It's not like extremely rare either. So basically what that is, it's a chronic illness that will give you excruciating pain in your joints, in your collagen. It's a protein deficiency that makes your collagen really vulnerable and it makes you really prone to injuries of some sort. Um, to give you a concrete example of how that might look like, my first boyfriend would <laughs> have sex with me, of course, and if he was a bit rough, I would have a lot of marks and um, blisters on my body. And then the following days, people would come at me and say, oh my God, does your boyfriend beat you up? Is he violent with you? Do you want to talk about it? And I was like, no, this is... This is just me existing, you know. Much later on, when I started to work as a pole dancer and as a stripper in clubs, uh, we all know how it's like. Um, actually, no, we don't all know how it's like to dance on a pole. But I'll tell you for those of you who haven't tried yet, it can be a really, really intense sport. It's actually very athletic by nature, but also the, the movements on the pole can cause you to hit the pole a bit hard and that gives you bruises. And if you go on the pole once for 20 minutes every so often, that will be fine. But when you work eight hours plus shifts every night or at least six nights a week for a few weeks in a row sometimes, it does take a toll on your body, especially when you have a collagen deficiency like I do. And so I, at times in my career, I really, really looked like I was being beaten up by my partner and it was a bit problematic. So I had come with strategies like professional foundation to cover tattoos. You know, there are these special foundations that, that are so opaque that you could not tell that someone had a tattoo on them. Well, I bought these um, foundations so I could go to work. I would spend sometimes close to an hour to hide my bruises and even in my daily life, actually, so I wouldn't get the comments. I would spend that much time hiding my bruises, so I wouldn't get the questions. That goes to show you how problematic this can be, especially when you enter a new relationship and then your partner discovers all the bruises on your body and is like, what's going on with you? You know, are you seeing someone who's beating you up? Are you doing some sort of violence sport? I mean, tell me about it, you know, so sometimes it's really hard 
especially when you have a humiliation wound like me, like I did, to open up about it and be upfront and truthful about what's really going on with your body. And I know for some people, the problematic part would really be the career of being a stripper and having to hide that job. It wasn't really an issue for me because um, I've always been really upfront about what I was doing with my partners. But I know for some people it can be. Whereas for me, the issue was really to be upfront about the bruises and where they were actually coming from. Meaning coming from the flow in my body and not from the job in itself or what was actually perceived by me as a flaw in my body and something that was wrong with me. And I think this is the hardest thing to share, you know, especially when you're on the honeymoon phase with someone and you want to seduce them. The last thing you want them to know is that you are flawed, that there is something wrong with you or your physical body. At least for me, that was the hardest part. Another thing about Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is that it's an illness that will show up in your life unannounced for weeks at times and then kind of disappear, sometimes for long periods of time. So it's not easy to fathom when you are external to it, even when you are internal to it, I want to say. There's just so much to be said about this illness and this could be an entire episode But I just want to focus on the fact that these flare-ups can just strike at any time. And when you're in this honeymoon phase of a relationship, it's very hard to explain to your not yet a partner, not yet a boyfriend, or, you know, this kind of situationship where you haven't put a label on it. It's really hard to then have to disappear without being able to explain to the person or in my case to my significant other what was truly going on behind the scenes. The reason why I want to talk about this is because as someone who was working on her soul wounds, as explained in the previous episode, I recommend uh, to listen to it. The two previous episodes actually of Spiritual Slut Podcast, I was talking about soul wounds and one of my biggest soul wounds is humiliation. And humiliation is not just about feeling some shame. It's also about not allowing ourselves to be fully expressed. And I had this sort of resistance about sharing my personal moments of vulnerability, not only emotional vulnerability, because there's so much vulnerability porn in the spiritual community that it's become kind of common to see people And I mean common online in this community, in the spiritual community, maybe not in real life just yet, but in the online spiritual community, let's say, it's become normal to see people be like, yeah, be vulnerable, show your emotions, blah, blah, blah. And that's one thing to be aware of this. But it's an entirely different thing to be able to distinguish between the vulnerability linked to your emotions and what you are going through as a human being with the flows, your inherent flows and your your physical elements and weaknesses that you are to bear throughout your whole life. This feels entirely different because in one case, there's so much more acceptance that has to take place, whereas it might feel also less transitory than emotions. 
and emotions you can always work through them and you kind of process them in a way that it makes you wiser or stronger whereas some physical conditions you just have to live with them and let me tell you as someone who has just been clearing her humiliation wound as a performer, as someone who worked in the image industry on social media and so forth, as someone who is the face of her own brand and who needs to have an online presence. I like to showcase my best moments, my moments when I feel my, when I feel the strongest, when I feel the most athletic, the healthiest. And so when I'm just not feeling my best when I feel weak powerless when I feel sick of course I don't want to share this with people and how can I share my vulnerable moments of just being human and just having a chronic illness like like so many other people actually do how can I be transparent about this if I have this humiliation wound to continue to heal so I guess this is me transmuting the wound right there. And I must admit that I had some concern about the legitimacy of talking about all of this on the podcast while still going through the motions. But then I realized that I don't need to have it all figured out to be able to help and I know for a fact that this information that I'm currently sharing with you guys, if I had it back then, it would have helped me for sure. So this was another facet of the humiliation wound. There's, you know, being too proud for doing anything or too proud to fail or also not feeling confident enough in one's experience to be able to share or worthy of speaking out, worthy of being listened, rather. This is how I felt before recording this episode and this is probably why I postponed my recording sessions for so long is because of that feeling of unworthiness that I was going through and that reflected into my love life as well in my personal my romantic life if you will because when you don't allow yourself or when you don't feel worthy of expressing yourself then how can the other person or your significant other acknowledge what you are going through if you decide to stay under the radar and if you conceal the truth of your feelings and of your current process and of course as someone who's passionate about relationships about romance about love in general of course as someone who had a former podcast about all of these topics i was well aware that the lack of communication could have been could be damaging but still i wasn't seeing how concealing these physical weaknesses of mine would also be something that i ought to share it's like i had failed to see within myself what were the vulnerabilities and what were my weak spots that my significant other wasn't aware of or conscious of and that needed to be maybe not exposed but 
at least acknowledged. This was important pertaining to our current relationship or situationship, for lack of a better word, because we are in this phase where everything is still to be defined. So, of course, if I am to withdraw and go silent because of being ashamed of my physical issues, then, of course, the other person is going to wonder what's going on. But at the same time, they don't have the legitimacy yet to ask for some consistent communication because before I quote disappeared we were on the verge of having this um, conversation to define the relationship a step further but this conversation is yet to happen so there was no legitimacy in asking for more communication at this stage and in my mind that stage was not like the honeymoon phase, but like the seduction phase, kind of. And in my mind, as a as a woman, I feel like to seduce, I have to be on top of myself. I have to look my best, feel my best, be the, my healthiest, my strongest, and my most emotionally stable. And that wasn't the case. So that's why I withdrew and it was damaging to the relationship, regardless of the stage. But this I was yet to learn at the time. It is said that vulnerability is the glue of a relationship because it allows to go deeper into the connection. And so I guess this was the real vulnerability because it was touching something really personal to me. And unknowingly, I was actually robbing my significant other from the entire experience of me and my weaknesses and like the whole the full range of what is to be experienced uh, when you're with me, like my highs, but also my lows. It's unfair to expect of anyone to only have highs. And that includes to expect this of oneself. So this is what I like to call the wound of perfection. You want everything to be so perfect that you don't actually make the move you should make to make progress. And sometimes progress is better than perfection because perfection is unrealistic and unattainable. So the wound of perfection sometimes makes you a sort of performer, but in your own real life, as you are trying to perform the best moments and hiding or concealing the lowest moments of your life. And so with performance comes a lack of authenticity or you actually lose some authenticity. And this is what I was actually doing in a way, I think. Did you know that the word courage comes from Latin cuore, which is heart? So the courage is not the absence of fear. It means that you are listening to your heart. And I felt like I lacked the courage, but I was... When you are in your wound, it's really difficult to listen to your heart. And now that I have processed the wound... And now that I can see things without the filter of my wounds, now I can hear my soul speak and hear what my heart wants. And so I think I managed to find the courage to express myself when I healed, but this was impossible to do before that. So what courage means to me might be different to what it means to you, but in my case, pertaining to my story still, it was expressing my feelings in a very clear, direct and authentic way. 
And after a few weeks of silence, I decided to write and send a love letter to my significant other. This is something I've never done. Actually, I'm lying. I've done it before. I wrote a love letter, but I never sent it. So I guess that was a first still. <laughs> so this is probably the relationship advice that you will never hear from the so-called relationship coaches and so on. Because what I'm going to say is... <laughs> I don't know if it's spiritual, but to me, it seems, let's say, more aligned. I guess when you study relationships with your mind and brain and your rational thinking, you tend to think strategically. And when you try to strategize and be logical and listen to your <laughs> intelligence or to what society tells you to do, then you, you totally bypass your heart guidance and your true feelings. And so if you bypass your feelings and your true heart's desire, then you are going to bypass the authenticity that you are so craving because you are craving connection with the person that you call your significant other, like I do. So yeah, the relationship advice that you'll probably never hear anywhere is don't try to strategize, don't be logical. There is nothing logical about love. It starts in the heart, not in your brain. And I say this as someone who was very, very Cartesian, very, very logical, very indoctrinated in the system from her scholar path, from her education and also as someone who has a slight Asperger syndrome too. I'm high functioning though, but still. And I happen to be a Gemini moon. So I tend to intellectualize my emotions. So that gives you an idea of how in my head I tend to be. I'm pretty sure many of us can relate. I'm working really hard to bypass all of this and to shift my template around all of this. So hopefully if you can take away one thing from my story, Be crazy. <laughs> be the crazy you want to be. Everything your mind is telling you not to do is probably that one thing you should do. Everything your brain is trying to tell you, oh, we are scared of this. We shouldn't be doing this. Everything you're scared of doing is probably that one thing you should do. Courage, right? So if you feel like you need courage, it's because It's in your heart. So be the crazy you want to be. Do the crazy stuff. Send the love letter. Make the call. Propose the girl. Go ahead. Be the crazy you want to be. Because I promise from someone who's been there, no matter what the outcome is on a relational point of view, you will free something within yourself that will allow you to experience more love regardless of how your courage is perceived externally. So... Yeah, do the thing. You'll feel so much freer for it. And oh, newsflash, the universe loves someone who's following their heart. The universe loves courage and you will be rewarded for it. I promise you. Stay tuned for the next episode in which I get rewarded. <laughs> I also want to add that I truly believe that whatever you want to manifest, you have to be about it first, aka don't expect your partner to be whatever you want him or her to be before you have stepped into that role yourself. 
You want a lover who's transparent, communicative and present. Be that lover first. You want to manifest a lover who expresses their heart's desire and who expresses their feelings. Be about it first. Do express your own feelings first. You want a lover that will show you how they feel. Show your feelings to your significant other. And I know it's much easier said than done, but trust me, it always pays off. Also, conversely, if you are closing off, if you are silencing yourself, then you're going to manifest someone who is going to close off and gonna go silent on you. Hashtag logic, right? <laughs> For once, I guess the law of attraction really works here. It's you really do attract what you are. So give yourself permission to show up as what you want to be, even if it takes I mean, of course, it will take time. It's a journey. Healing is a journey. And I guess giving yourself permission to show up as you are, wherever you're at on your journey is healing in itself. It's the first step towards healing, I believe. I mean, of course, there's the acknowledgement of your wounds and you not being perfect or at least not being the version of yourself that you are envisioning. And after the acknowledgement, there's walking the walk and not just talking the talk. So embodying whatever version of you you desire to become step by step. And this is your permission to heal, your license <laughs> to heal. Again, Jimmy and I moon here. I can't resist a good pun. Permission to heal and permission to walk your walk and walk your path, whatever it looks like to you, because it will probably not look linear. It will probably have setbacks. You will probably have times when you feel like you're not healing fast enough or when you're failing to heal. I mean, we all go through this and I went through this myself and my warped belief was that I needed to be perfectly healed to be deserving of being in a relationship and being loved. I know it sounds twisted, say it like this, but when I was at my lowest emotionally and most importantly physically, which for me was quite, um, it was a source of significant emotional distress to me. And when I say that I felt like I needed to be perfectly healed, I mean healed not only spiritually but also physically and emotionally I wanted to be I wanted to be ready as a partner to actually be in a partnership I wanted to be fully ready so I could invest myself in a relationship but the truth is you never are ready because once again healing is not a final destination it's a path it's a journey enjoy the journey right <laughs> it took me a few weeks to actually understand it And hopefully this podcast is going to save you the trouble. I hope it does. One of the things that I also truly believe in is that there is so much healing that can be done through relationships that you cannot actually do on your own. Because when you're on your own, you are kind of in the comfort of your own ego and your own mental processes. And then you don't need to uncover some of your wounds. Whereas when you are confronted to someone else and 
And when you have such deep feelings that you really crave a connection, the connection is calling for you to uncover some of your wounds, not because you have to be vulnerable just for the sake of it, but because, as previously said, you can only show up authentically if you are willing to show up as the full version of yourself with the full range of your humanness with your wounds, your strength, your desires, your weaknesses, everything. And so holding back from truly sharing your essence, from authentically showing up as yourself in your humanness is actually holding back from intimacy and ultimately from love. If I can give another perspective on this, I'd say that when you run away from, let's say, a relationship or a connection or intimacy, more accurately, when you run away from intimacy, what's really happening is that you're not really running away from the person or from the relationship or certainly not from the connection because you crave this connection so much. Really what you're trying to avoid is to have to expose your wounds and to have to confront the fact that you are wounded and you have some healing to do on yourself. And most importantly, that the wounds you are not tending to are going to bite you in the ass sometimes later, further down the road, throughout the relationship you're trying to build. So I confess for a few weeks, I had some intimacy avoidance situation going on and That's why I didn't contact my special person. I think he knows it because of my of my love letter that I sent him. I've been quite, I think, clear about that to try and amend what I had been doing at that time. Because really, as explained, I wasn't avoiding the connection because I crave this connection so much and it is so important to me. I was not avoiding the relationship because of course I want a relationship with this person. No, what I was avoiding really was the uncovering of my wounds. This and the idea of having to expose my weaknesses or what I perceived as my weaknesses, my weak spots and my lowest self. It's funny what love would do to you, right? <laughs> you would think that you are, you know, you're spiritual, you've worked on yourself and still you are proven yet again that there's so much more that you have to work on and love would do that to you when you feel so intensely about someone You cannot help but seek the answers within yourself of how can I honor this connection that is so important to me while remaining myself or better yet becoming the best version of myself and the healthiest, most aligned version of myself, right? And this is why I always say that I see love as the most powerful force and the most powerful catalyst for spiritual evolution and personal growth and transformation because only love would make you question your core values or what you believe to be your values and what is actually built on on your wounds, on your wiped beliefs, on your past conditioning, all of these things that are not part of your true essence. 
I guess what I mean is that when you free yourself from the conditioning, the wounds, the beliefs, when you free yourself from all of that, you become more of yourself. Ultimately, love is freeing you from all of this. Love is freedom. And so I would like to conclude this episode with a quote from late master Thich Nhat Hanh. In true love, you attain freedom. I think this is the most beautiful and the most accurate description of what the journey of love is. So this is also why I've always been so passionate about love and relationships. And I've always been like the biggest supporter of my friends when they call me in a panic asking me for relationship advice because I truly, as I said, I believe that this is the biggest catalyst for spiritual transformation and therefore the most important thing in life. It will not always feel easy. There will be times of doubt, times of feelings of unworthiness like... I cannot do this, I don't heal quickly enough, I can never be good enough for this person, this person deserves better than me because I cannot heal as fast as I would like to. Of course, there will be times of doubt, but also the reward is so worth it on a relational point of view, but also on a personal level as well. Because ultimately, all that healing wasn't just to make you a better partner in a relationship. It was to make you free to be yourself. So allow yourself to heal. Give yourself permission to heal, permission to love. Step away from the prism of your wounds, all the pain that you carry, all the shame, all the conditioning because when you see yourself as unworthy you're really just seeing yourself through the prism of your wounds so this is your license to heal all right guys this is the end of this episode i am as always so grateful to be your host so grateful for all of you thank you for listening thank you for your shares on social media i really love it when i see you share the episode in your ig stories and i read every comment on the ig post and speaking of which we are at spiritual slot podcast on instagram as well as at spiritual slot on telegram if you would like to share this episode with a friend thank you so much for all your shares please keep on doing it it warms my heart i am a real human being i have real emotions as stated previously and so i do genuinely appreciate when you leave me a comment or better yet a review on all your listening platforms hopefully a five-star review it really warms my heart and it also promotes the show to other people so thank you so much and i'll see you in the next one bye guys Mwah.